This is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Mark Magnuson. Joined today by Joe Camp of Comstock. Joe, what are we seeing taking place on the grains? A bit of a quietly lower trade here for the grain futures. Soybeans, it should be noted, coming out to a new low here, a six-month low down below uh, the summer bottom at just above 1250. We'll see if that's a mark that holds up here now for the nearby couple of contracts, but some selling from the speculator still. It's a lot of mostly long liquidation as opposed to necessarily uh, new selling interest entering the market. We can determine that with some of the lighter volume and the tepid open interest here as of late. So again, those bulls closing out positions rather than turning outright bearish. And that would fit with that latest commitment of traders report we had out on Friday afternoon. It showed the hedge funds had all but erased their net long position that they had held in soybeans and and one that had been net long for nearly three years straight. So it is a shift, uh, but again, a a bit of a holding pattern that continues as now uh, we look ahead towards the report coming out later this week. Normally at this point uh, Tuesday morning, we're talking about the report on Monday afternoon on crop progress and recounting those harvest progress results here lately. But that was not released yesterday, Columbus Day, a federal holiday. We still had markets trading. That, though, is a report that we'll have out this afternoon and catch up on where we are at on harvest progress. But for now, again, just kind of quietly lower, watching these outside markets for guidance and otherwise waiting for new data ahead. And speaking of that data, that WASDU report coming out later this week on Thursday. Joe, I know that the September and October WASDU reports are important to keep an eye on. I know analysts are always watching those very closely. Is one or the other even more important? Is this one going to potentially tell us even a little bit more? I think so, that this one's going to be even more critical for informing our uh, handle on what the corn and soybean yields are. That's the the first glance everybody will give on this report coming up on Thursday will be the possible revisions to corn and soybean yield averages. We go back to the September report. That's obviously a, a crucial one, too, because we just start out the season to where both corn and soybean crops have data from the USDA crop scouts, the enumerators that go out and start counting ears and pods. But what you have now in the October report are actual harvest samples being sent into the various regional field offices of the USDA. And so we should expect that these yields are fine-tuned. The expectation for both corn and soybeans is that we're going to have fractional yield reductions for these national averages down from 173.8 bushels per, uh, per acre for corn down from 50.1 bushels per acre for soybeans last month. Again, something three-tenths to a half a bushel is the consensus estimate. Anything too outside of that is going to be a potential surprise. The September reports also important. The October report, I should say, is also important because it fits in the data from the last September report that we had on the 29th last month the grain stocks update, and the small grain summary. So those are new beginning stocks numbers that will fit into the new crop balance sheets, uh, go along with those yield revisions and any possible uh, demand adjustments. And and that should set the tone for how this market trades uh, maybe into the rest of the fall because we know it's normally about this time that these grains Uh, would mark out seasonal bottoms. And if we could have that confirmation that these yields are a little bit lower, I think that is what the trade might need to to maybe um, lessen some of the selling pressure we've generally observed as of late.
Joe, what's happening on the other side of the ag marketplace with the livestock complex? Yeah, we have we've had a down, you know, start to the week here, and that's a continuation of this correction lower for cattle futures. It's been, uh, a, you know, quite a bit of a chunk taken out of this market over the last two weeks, but we are, of course, reminded that it's a, a move down from all-time highs, from record contract highs for cattle futures achieved lately. You know, a lot of it, it seems to be about concern over demand, and so the cattle market moving lower along with the stock market, which fits with these expectations about maybe consumer demand waning uh, with the economic performance not quite like uh, we desire it to be. It also fits, too, on the consumer end where you have this wrap-up of the summer season. Obviously, cooler temperatures have ushered in the fall and make us think that we might now finally see a little bit of pushback against these relatively higher beef prices that consumers had otherwise been uh, still leaning into in a big way. So it's just a change of narrative that I think fits with the seasonal picture. For hogs, there's still an adjustment ongoing with this nearby contract as it converges with cash. We're close to expiration there. The December contracts discounted here to the front as we talk about production swelling into the fourth quarter, but then we still do have also some premium back into these deferred hog futures contracts uh, that uh, also aligns with the expectation for production to eventually turn back lower into the early part of next year. So that is, again, a response to these recent reports, the quarterly hogs and pigs report, the cold storage report, and all this data that's being fit into the market along with these outside, these same outside market influences that are um, linked to the cattle sell-off lately. Joe, we know that the pork export market very important for the pork industry, and they're always working to expand those markets. What do those numbers look like right now for pork exports? Well, that's a real bright spot for the ag market here, that pork exports are on pace for another record year. A couple of years ago, record volumes last year tapering off just a, a tiny bit, but back surging higher, and it should be a record best year for not only pork export volume, but pork export revenue received uh, for sellers here in the U.S. So that's a, a real positive storyline. It helps, as we've noted with some of those recent cold storage reports, keep inventories down. It fits along with domestic demand, uh, uh, really paint a positive picture of the demand side for pork. Joe Camp of Comstock, our guest here today. Joe, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch for more marketing information and possibly to personalize their marketing plan? Right. We've got our contact information, access to our advice, and always a welcoming input from the farmers for them to tell us you know, what their individual situations are like. Joe Camp of Comstock, lots of great information from Joe and the team at Comstock. Joe, thank you so much for the time. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk again soon. Thanks so much. Have a great week. That was Joe Camp with Comstock. It's time now for a check of the numbers. December corn down three even at 485 and a half. November soybeans up a quarter of a cent at 12.64 and three quarters. December soybean meal up $1.40 at 376 even. October soybean oil down $1.18 at 54.95. Chicago wheat down 14 and a quarter at 5.89 and a quarter. Minneapolis wheat down 11 and a half at 7.19 and a half. Kansas City hard red wheat down 16 and a quarter at 6.69 and three quarters. March oats down three and three quarters at 4.38 and a half. On the Merck. December live cattle up 52 cents at 185.87. November feeder cattle up $1.30 at 250.95. 
December lean hogs up 12 cents at 72.60. December pork cutout down 90 cents at 82.77. And Class 3 milk up 2 cents at 16.88. This has been a check of the opening markets on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, where Iowa Ag matters.